This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk, and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Edwin Carrion. He's a God-made millionaire, family-oriented investor and mentor. Throughout his run, he has founded several multi-million dollar companies that specialize in real estate, precious metals, transportation and logistics, investments, and business education and consulting. He's also a Marine Corps veteran as well as a first-generation immigrant such as myself. So it's a, a nice segue to have a conversation. So I really appreciate your time today. I appreciate you jumping on today. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are today? It's been a long journey. It hasn't been easy. A lot of struggles, uh, a lot of hardships along the way, but I was raised in Ecuador, came to the United States when I was 12 years old. I was raised by a single mother and being raised in a very humble home, I think that's one of the biggest reasons that it gave me the drive and the push to become successful and uh, change the line, the bloodline, change the, you know, my generational wealth and make sure not only that I'm able to do this, but I'm able to teach other people that you can live the life that you want and you desire. Uh, but one of the biggest things along the way that has helped me get to where I am today is my faith and believing in God and having God as number one in my life. And like I mentioned a minute ago, was not only having God in your life, but it's having that relationship with God. And it's not the same as when you have a relationship with somebody, because when you have a relationship, everything is stronger versus just having someone there on your side. So that's one of the things that I learned is that having that relationship with my faith and having that belief in myself is what got me to where I am today. Yeah, and like, like I mean, I'm a, a Christian, but more so a lot of people say they're Christian, but don't necessarily really live a godly life or, you know, follow in, I guess, Christ's footsteps. So it's really uh, religion not saving, but having a personal relationship with God and then having that applied and kind of like flow into your business, how you approach business, how you approach uh, different relationships with professionals, loved ones. So I think that's key to, you know, how I kind of carry myself and how I've, you know, operated throughout my professional career as well. And at times it's caused me to leave a lot of money on the table because they were companies or people that didn't necessarily align from, uh, I guess, a business perspective and just morals and foundations. So I think that's keys as well, as well as, like you mentioned, that um, immigrant upbringing, uh, seeing my parents work hard. We came here, you know, six people to a two-bedroom apartment from Ukraine. Everybody started working. My grandparents were already retired, had to work another 20 years in the U.S. And it's just kind of like that, you know, the U.S. is still, people complain about being in the U.S. It's still the best place. If you land here and you have the drive and the motivation, you can make something of yourself 
And there's so many revenue streams that you can tap. It's funny because my wife and I, before we sold our home, we did Airbnb for a little bit. And there's two people that came from Belarus and Eastern Ukraine in a week because they wanted to. They both found jobs, both found a place to live, both found, got on their feet where people here that are from the U.S. a lot of the time complain about situations. You know, a situation or a climate may not be what they want, but it's just kind of making the best out of your, you know, existing, I guess, the hand that you're dealt. Yes, yes. And, and 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 that goes along with, you know, what is it that we need versus the want. So a lot of people here in the U.S. that are born here and that have been here for many years, you know, they always want to want, want, want. And, you know, they want the bigger house, they want the better cars, they want the money, they want the success. But like you mentioned a minute ago, the people that came from Belarus, they didn't want that. They needed that. So when you have that need, you make it happen. Yeah, and I think it's it's hunger also. Um, you know, coming from uh, Ukraine myself and then coming here and seeing my parents struggle and kind of, you know, move up in a way in terms of, I guess you want to call it in society from, you know, what we came here with because we can only leave with the clothes on our back and a suitcase because it was still the Soviet Union and then working their way up. I think there's an extra uh, hunger or grit element also. So you're kind yes. of, you know, you know where you came from in the back of your mind you're more capable of handling certain situations, both personally and professionally, a lot differently. And you're more of a, I would say, kind of a, a rock in a situation where most people would crumble. Yes, definitely, definitely. And so obviously we listed, uh, you founded uh, many businesses in kind of many areas. How did you kind of, tra- was that transitioning from the military directly or how did you kind of find that path from the military? Uh, when I left the military, uh, 22 years old, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do in my life. I had a lot of opportunities into the federal government, and I asked my mom, what should I do? And she's like, you should become a developer. And I'm like, what is that? I had no idea what that was, but it was to become a real estate developer. And that was a huge blessing of coming out of the military and just kind of trying to figure out uh, how to do business. Uh, how to grow a company, how to build a house, because I had no idea of any of that, and uh, started real estate development. So that was like my first major company, because I, I had other small businesses prior to that. But the first major company is my real estate development. And then from there on, as time goes on, as I gain a lot of experience, I was able to dabble into different businesses. And now coming to find out that there is a secret formula to every business that I create, and is doing the same thing over and over again. And when you do that, you know, success is inevitable. If you're successful and you follow the same blueprint for success. So every time I jump into a new industry, into a new type of venture, I try to follow the same things that I did over and over again. And it turns out that it works out most of the time. So in terms of kind of advice for somebody looking to become an entrepreneur, or obviously don't know where to start or have a certain mindset, kind of what was the biggest like uh, perspective shift for you? that led to kind of that mindset or creating that formula? Um, well, when we talk about creating that formula, the first thing, and the, one of the things that I delayed and a lot of people like to, is invest yourself in a mentor, hire a mentor. So if you want to start a car washing company, go find somebody that is doing millions of dollars in a car washing company and hire that person as your mentor. Don't ask him to be for free because you, everybody wants to give. You want to give as much as you receive. So the more that you give, the more that you're going to receive. And that's, that's having a good mentor 
is one of the reasons that has gotten me to propel a lot of my businesses faster in life. So that's number one. Number two, on the mindset part is believing in yourself. Work on your mindset because I always tell everyone, 80% is mindset, 20% is technical skills. I got into the transportation company and I had no idea about the transportation industry. And I'm able to take that company and make make it worth millions um, just because I have a technical partner. But I didn't need to know anything about the transportation company. I had my blueprint about how to grow a business and how to scale a business and how to set up the right structure in the business. And that's all I need for any type of business. The same way I was able to start a technology company, the same way I was able to get into the gold buying business. So it's kind of having that blueprint and having that mentor that's going to help you and it's going to teach you all the technical part over the business. Yeah, I think mentorship is huge. I mean, it, it basically fast tracks you to where you want to be. It helps you avoid those pitfalls. I mean, you find somebody that like yourself in terms of real estate, you've seen different real estate markets, different real estate climates throughout the years and know kind of what to expect. So it kind of helps you avoid, you know, I would say tens, if not hundreds, maybe even millions of dollars of mistakes. So a lot of people are often hesitant because like you said, if you're looking for a mentor, a lot of people that start out, people in their maybe early 20s, they want that for free. Now, you know, I'm not yes. saying you can't pick somebody's brain online or something, but like offering something of value, obviously, you know, you have a podcast or you have a, you know, a media publication, maybe you know, arrange something where you can get that person's maybe 20 minutes, a half hour of their time a month, and you deliver some kind of value. But it, it has to be kind of a, I guess, like you said, a equal value exchange, because I've been in situations personal and business, and it doesn't feel very good when, you know, somebody's just not necessarily using you, but getting so much value out of you. And everybody's time, I think is important. So like, you have to have a little bit of skin in the game if you want to succeed in that sense as well. Yes, yes. And and besides that, the other thing is that when you invest in a mentor, when you spend that money, when it's going to cost you something, you pay more attention to it versus when it comes to you for free. So when it comes to you for free, sometimes you don't really put that value into it. And if they're giving you great advice, if they're giving you great ideas, if they tell you how to do things, you're not going to do it. And the reason that I tell you this is because when I started doing real estate development, I started making a lot of money. A lot of people started asking me, what are you doing? And I will talk to everyone. I'll tell them, I'm doing this. This is how I do it. This is how I got the money. You do it like this. And I'll give them the blueprint from A through C of what I was doing. But it was free. You know, the 100 people that I told, 100 friends that I told what I was doing and how I did it, only one of them did it. Only one of them took action. And did it. And the reason was because it was free. So now when we go into the paid side, when I mentor people into real estate development, every single one of my students that I mentor, they get and they start doing a project and they become successful at it. Why? Because it costs them money. So the moment that it costs you money, you want to see a return on that investment and you want to make sure that you take advantage on it. And it goes back into simple as when I went to high school, my mom worked so hard to put me through a private school. And I was like a horrible student. I was a CD average student because I was, it wasn't costing me money. And at that time, I thought I was dumb. I thought I wasn't smart enough. But when I went to college, that I had to pay my own way through college, that I had to pay out of my hard-earned money through my university, 
that's the moment that I really started paying attention to college. And I became a good student. And I, had, I was an AB student. So I wasn't that dumb like I thought I was. So I just wasn't applied because I, I wasn't valuing what I was getting. Yeah, it's having a vested interest. Like, you know, you have something to lose. You have skin in the game. You know, similar yes. example, you know, I've gave advice. I mean, I've been podcasting for five years and have done in, uh, some stuff in the marketing field with podcasting and, and ads and media buys. And people would, you know, message me or I, I would, you know, jump on a Zoom call and I would literally give them the blueprint how to either launch their show or scale their show. And then a month two later, I would ask, hey, did you take action on this? Well, they, I, you just get a lot of excuses. And with that, also, like there was about maybe one or two people in the span of a few months that took you know, immediate action. But if they were driven in terms of, Hey, it's going to cost you a thousand dollars or whatever, just as an incentive for you to, to take the next step, they were more likely to, to do so. Like you said, and you know, it's a good point with the blueprint because I think a lot of people hit success and it's like, um, a fool's gold in a way. So they, you know, they've succeeded in one thing and then they say, Hey, you know, I'm the expert in X, but they haven't replicated that success. But like you said, having a blueprint, carrying it over and seeing that blueprint succeed over and over again, that demonstrates that obviously that value and that kind of structure that that kind of transcends industry as well. Because a lot of, I mean, I see a lot of people every day, it's, you know, podcasts, somebody started a podcast and, you know, it may be successful for a while and they'll say, you know, I'll teach you how to, you know, scale your show, but the variables aren't necessarily the same. It hasn't really been proven across the board or in numerous categories as well. Yes, yes. And, and I completely agree. So one of the things that I always tell everyone is like, if you're going to hire a mentor, make sure that you confirm his track record. Make sure that they have been through ups and downs because if they have only been through the ups, they're not going to know what the downs are and they're not going to help you when there's a downtime. And in life, there's always ups and downs. Uh, when you hire a mentor, make sure it has your values, that they share your values because um, you don't want to have a mentor that's, that doesn't have good values, that doesn't have good morals because that's the way you're going to become. That's the way you're going to go. I'm going to think that that's okay. And that is not the way to do things. Just like you mentioned a minute ago, I have also left millions of dollars on the table because uh, the people that I wanted to do business with that I thought I was going to do business with didn't share the same values and the same beliefs that I do. And it's okay to walk away from those things because the right people are going to come. And when the right people come, whatever you left on the table is going to be multiplied three or four times as much. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's obviously having that faith base but also having integrity and keeping your word that's like two of the most important things because i've had conversations you know sh they shook my hand in an office and then i get you know a bid or a proposal and it does not align at all so you, you know that shows me your word isn't true and then if we do do business what's to stop you from doing that over and over again so it's kind of you know one of those things that if you retain and hold on to who you are it'll get you a lot further than you know i guess maybe potentially easy or fast money if it's something too good to be true but then may result in a lot of damage you know after the fact even an association you know somebody may be very successful but they have all this negative pr or obviously that kind of rubs off if you start hanging around with somebody or doing business automatically even though you may not be like that you get thrown into that mix that 
kind of guilt by association, if you will. So obviously you've started businesses from scratch. Can you, uh, you know, give a tip for scaling? And obviously it's a lot different in the challenges that you, uh, undertake from zero to a hundred thousand, a hundred thousand, a million, so on and so forth. All of those have different kind of aspects to them, but what's kind of one thing you can recommend for somebody who's starting off, what can really help them propel and scale? Um, the, the biggest things for scaling a business is number one is that make sure you have good systems in place. Uh, a lot of people don't understand that having a good EOS implementation system in your business, it goes a long way because now you're able to duplicate and replicate whenever you go. So if you have retail stores, in order for you to be able to duplicate and have more retail stores, and that's one of the, way, one of the ways of scaling, is that you have to have a system in place that everybody follows the same system, just like McDonald's, just like Burger King. And a lot of the big major companies, that's what they have. They have a system in place. So when you start a business, it's the perfect moment to start documenting all the processes and all the systems that you do because it's easy when you start. It's harder when you when you have grown and you try to figure out, okay, how do I do this? How do I duplicate that? No, it's easy always since the beginning. So I always tell somebody that. The second thing that I was mention is that hire people to do the job that you don't want to do. Because a lot of times as entrepreneurs, as business owners, we want to do everything. And we can't because we have to realize what is it that we're good at. So on my side, I know what I'm good at and I know what my superpower is. And I call the superpower. I know what your superpower is. So what I do is I tend and I hire people to do the work that I don't want to do so I can focus on the things that I'm great at. And when you're starting a business, it's hard to hire people. But nowadays, there is so much access to everything that maybe we don't need to hire somebody in-house. Maybe we could just have a subcontractor do part of the work or we could outsource to another country where the cost of hiring somebody overseas is very inexpensive nowadays compared to hiring somebody here in the United States. Oh, yeah, I agree. I think all of those, uh, when you start a business, it starts growing, you kind of treat it like your baby and don't want to let things go. But there's no way, I think, like you said, to uh, kind of move to that next level unless you, unless you let go to the things, like you said, you don't necessarily uh, like to do or like repetitive that can be taught when you develop a process. And I think it's important, even if you have some kind of hobby or side hustle, document that to begin with so you can follow it in case you want to grow it into a business. Even when I started podcasting, it was just kind of all ad hoc and then it was just so time consuming. So then just developing a process for for guests, for editing, for promotion, so on and so forth, it really saves you time at the end, regardless of what you're doing. So what motivates you to succeed currently? Obviously, you've had different motivations probably over time and those changed. But what currently kind of, you know, helps you in terms of what what motivates you to succeed? Yeah, the, the biggest motivator to succeed is, uh, and I call it living life to the fullest. So living your ultimate life, living your dream life. And, and to me, it's, what are all those things that I wanted to accomplish when I was a little kid? What are the things that I always wanted to have? And... What is the life that I want to have? So I think that the biggest motivator is having purpose in life, right? What is my purpose in my life? And to me, my purpose, my biggest purpose in my life is having all the time, all the free time available to be able to spend with my family, to create those amazing memories, because that's the only thing that I could live for them. I can't leave anything. As if I leave money, they're going to spend it, they're going to waste it, and it, it, it might finish, right? But 
if I'm able to leave amazing memories with my kids, my dad was present, my dad was here, my husband was here, we traveled everywhere, create those amazing memories with them, that's going to last a lifetime. And not only is it going to last a lifetime, but it's going to go continue on from generation to generation. So having that purpose is what gives me that success to, to continue being successful because the moment that I want to create amazing memories, I think of how do I want to create those memories? And one of them is, okay, I want to have a yacht. Why? It's not about because I want a yacht and because it's a material thing. It's because I know the memories that I could create with them. I know that the moment that we take off the dock and we leave out on the water, you know, we forget about everything else. And we spend time together. We're present together with the family. Um, when I have friends over in the yacht, today I'm actually going live on the yacht. And I'm able to come here. And I'm able to work and look out of the ocean and I'm able to have clarity on how my life is going and how blessed I am that I'm able to be working out of a yacht uh, and I have that opportunity to do whenever I want to. So that is what gives me the, 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 the push, the fire to always continue becoming successful. Like when I wanted to become a pilot, you know, that was a childhood dream of mine. So in order for me to become a pilot, I had to figure out, okay, how am I going to do to buy a plane because I want to have my own plane. So I went ahead and I bought my plane. And, I, and then once you start doing the things that you want, you know, it's not about work. It's about, you know, living this fulfilled life, living this amazing life. And on the mentoring side is how many people can I aspire and how, how many people, how many lives can I change and can I impact for the better? And, and it starts with that, that if I'm able to teach somebody how to become successful on their own way, I had to live life to the fullest, then that's going to go on for generations to generations because once I teach somebody to do that, they're going to teach their friends, their family, their kids to do the same thing that I taught them because maybe they were lacking that in their life. And it just goes like that. So that's one of the biggest motivators for me to be successful. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great kind of shift of looking at, I guess, even material things or attaining success because you gain that freedom. And with that, you know, like you said, you have a yacht, you have the, you know, you have another thing, but to create the memories, not to have it, just to have it, to say, Hey, I have it. Look, you know, I let, uh, reached this level of prestige, but you know, how you can share it with others, the memories you cre create. And like you said, the, on the mentorship side, you get to a point in your life. Well, some, some people have the shift, some people don't, but you want to leave a legacy. You want to, you know, pass along your knowledge, help people out be more of a, you know, a heart led entrepreneur. So I, I think I've had that shift from when I turned 29 to 30, because before that, like my mindset was, you know, attain these things or material things are equated with, you know, reaching a goal and, you know, other people are going to think of this or like this status. And that was all kind of, you know, empty. So you reached it. It was a temporary kind of dopamine hit and like, okay, this doesn't satisfy me. But like you said, when you change. Well, because once you once you achieve that, then you're like, okay, then what? What's next? And then we go into the next thing, which is the next material thing, right? And once we go to the next material thing, it's like, okay, I got this now. What? So we get that momentary satisfaction, but then we lose what really matters in life, which is we lose our time. And if we're able to buy our time back and really do the things that we want to do in life that's that's when everything changes yeah and it's i mean like it's a temporary dopamine hit so you see a lot of you know 
athletes, uh, entrepreneurs, uh, actors, they look to fill that void because they're still empty. So they turn to different vices. They kind of, you know, implode their life around them. But having perspective, staying grounded, um, you know, being able to, uh, I mean, it's harder said than done, but being self-aware, I think is important as well. Yes. And that's what becomes having that clarity. Yep. Uh, I mean, one thing that I kind of look back on business or in life is how would I handle, have a handle the situation, let's say 15 years ago, you know, 10 years ago with the experience and the uh, things that I've overcome from then and getting kind of a different perspective, getting emotional empathy and increasing kind of my emotional IQ to really kind of take a step back. Because oftentimes also when you're dealing with people in business, I mean, you have employees, you network, you have business partners. And if something happens, how do you handle that situation? Sometimes somebody messed up, but maybe, you know, somebody just died or they had a, you know, a cancer diagnosis or something crazy where let's take a step back. Like, is their mistake really that big that it can't be solved or corrected or remedied and they can learn from this? But like, where are they coming from? Because, I mean, me personally, like, you know, humans are flawed. I sometimes I'm quick to anger or quick to assumption, taking a step back, I think really is uh, helpful in business and in general as well. So what's one thing that you may have uh, seen as a weakness in yourself in the past that you kind of molded and turned into a strength today? Um, well, that's a great question because uh, first time I hear that question. <laughs> and uh, uh, let me think about this uh, a weakness. I think one of my weaknesses could be that um, I think it's not just my weakness. I think it's a lot of people suffer from this. It's getting into the state of uh, comfort. Once you get into your comfort zone, and and I could maybe consider that as a weakness, is getting to into the state of comfort zone. Because I notice the moment that I'm not in a comfort zone, the moment that I always want to continue growing, and continue improving, continue bettering myself, um, it just happens. You know, it's one percent per day, like, like they call it. But the moment that I get in a comfort zone, uh, I notice that I don't grow. And the moment that you start growing, uh, you start dying. And it's, and, and what I mean by dying is that you start going backwards because you have no growth, personal growth, financial growth, uh, mentally growth, or relationship growth. So I think that could be one of the biggest things, you know, just becoming comfortable. Yeah, I've said it on this show and I've said it a lot of like complacency is the death of innovation. So once you start getting comfortable, you start kind of like slipping. I mean, you see it in sports. You see it in like combat sports, like a boxer. He reaches number one and he takes his foot off the gas pedal. And number two and number three is always there staying hungrier. And you have to kind of sometimes, <laughs> there's an example of Michael Jordan doing this. So he was the best of his time. He was creating uh, villains in his own head just so he can keep driven. So, I mean, you reach a certain level of success as well. You want to kind of enjoy it, but you you're flirting with the line. Like, can I be as productive and as ambitious as I was before and still enjoy this? Or, you know, some people leave, uh, uh, you know, get to a certain level of success and just say, you know, I'm good here, you know, let me stop. But I mean, it, it, I guess it, it depends on your attitude and mindset. And even, you know, from being single to being married, you know, you're more comfortable being married um, you have a family, you want to relax more, but still pushing yourself to simple things, you know, still exercising, still doing things, uh, I think is key as well. 
So what's one piece of advice you can leave with the audience, personal or professional? Uh, personal and professional, I will say that now that we're heading into a recession, it's always a good time to make sure that you are recession-proof. Um, setting up your life for recession-proof, setting up your business to be recession-proof. And if you don't know how to do it, then you know, find out a way. How do we become recession-proof? Can I live... If my income drops 50%, can I can the business business survive? If my revenue drops 50%, and it's kind of and what is the next niche into becoming into taking advantage of that recession? Because in a recession, there's a lot of opportunities, and I got a huge opportunity uh, during a recession because I went bankrupt in 2007 and I lost everything. But during the 2008 recession, I made millions of dollars in the gold buying business, and I was able to grow that business into over a $20 million worth of revenue business. And I was able to sell that business and exit and retire before 40 years old. And one of the things that I did back then was I wrote a book and it's called Secrets of a Millionaire Gold Buyer. And the reason I wrote that book is to teach people how to make money in any economy. And uh, I was able to finally publish it a couple of weeks ago because now is the perfect timing to learn how to make money during a recession. And especially if you're starting out, this is the perfect way. And that's how I made millions during the recession, buying and selling precious metals. Yeah, it's funny because they say that the people that have, um, you know, have assets to do so, they, you know, they make money in a recession or they figure out how to ways to do it or even pivot. You may not have a business. Maybe you're doing a career shift. So in 2008, I graduated college. I thought I was going into criminal justice. I interned with the Secret Service and then like, you know, like you mentioned, the economy tanked. So state, local, federal agencies froze hiring as well. So I kind of was like, you know, down and out looking for a job. And then at the gym, somebody basically just said, you know, come out to my car. I want to give you something, which that could have been you know, a random situation. But I said, why not? And took advantage of that opportunity. And then they opened their trunk, handed me a packet about search engine optimization and said, hey, read this take another month or two and you can start doing it for my business and taking that chance and taking that action led to me founding a agency having to do it for 14 years at this point, working with fortune 500 clients. So it's, you know, like that, as well as taking any opportunity that's given to you that may not look like an opportunity or may not be in your comfort zone, but see where that actually leads. Yes, yes, and exactly. And it's helping out people. Like one of the reasons I got into the boat buying business back then was I learned that I was following the wrong reason. I was following the money and I and I had the clarity that I wasn't gonna follow the money anymore. And the gold buying business during a recession, everybody was hurting, everybody needed money. It was a win 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 type of business. It was a win because we were helping people that needed money by buying their old precious metals and then we were making money and then we're using that, those precious metals, that gold, all the jewelry, to recycle it. So we're helping the environment. So you know, it was a win-win-win type of business, and and I love that part, especially during a recession when we're hurting. And during the good times, I was able to make a lot of money as well because I was able to stack up and accumulate a lot of wealth because of knowing that. And you know, and it's so simple, so easy to kind of get into that business that it doesn't require a lot of money because there are some businesses that. You know, require a lot of knowledge, a lot of skills, a lot of money. This is like the type of business that even my kids are able to do it. Yeah. When you find something that's 
somewhat almost recession proof. It takes a lot of, um, I guess, fear away. And when you start diversifying your income streams and it, it takes a lot of stress as well. So it kind of, it's beneficial just for peace of mind. So I appreciate you stopping by today. Obviously, uh, you have the book. Can you let people know how they can find you, more about you, or where they can find the book as well? Uh, yes, um, you can find me in all my social media channels, Edwin Carrion78. And you can find the book Secrets of the Millionaire Gold Buyer in all the digital media, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Wildmark.com. Uh, they're on all of them. And uh, once you get the book, it's a good book because not only that you have the pages to read, but at the end of the book, there's a link to my site where you're able to get a lot of videos and a lot more education, custom education, so we'll continue helping you in all types of business. And when I wrote this book, not only did I teach people about the gold buying business, but I make sure that I taught them how to set themselves up for success in any other type of business they should have. Awesome. Thanks again for stopping by. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure talking to you and to everybody out there. If you don't know where you're going, you will eventually get there. This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.